Hey everybody, welcome to Thumbnail, a visual arts podcast. I'm Joe Roshert, illustrator, animator, and adjunct professor. And I'm Louis Rosignol, visual artist. And today we're going to be doing kind of a fun game, which is, I think this has been turned into a board game. It's Would You Rather, right? And I'm sure everyone's heard these types of questions. Yeah. But I think I've seen it in like stores as a board game. I don't know how really? it works. Hmm. Yeah. A card game or something. Yeah, it's like a card game trivia. I think it's like a party game. You kind of go around mm -hmm. and I've heard ones that are kind of like gross and silly, but we were doing art related ones, mm -hmm. artist, art career related ones. We thought we'd go through it because it'd be fun and we'll get to kind of talk them out and you haven't heard them. So right. you're really just going to be reacting like blindly to what you think. Yeah. All right, let's do it. And I don't have a ton of them, but we'll talk them through. And we'll see where they go. Okay. If one of them sparks something in you that you can think of, we'll go through it. First one, would you rather you only can do traditional art or only digital for the rest of your life? You can't ever do the other one. I'd have to say digital now. There's just too much you can do digitally. A lot of it's getting pretty close to the real deal, to the traditional look and feel. The dimension isn't so much there, like the physical depth, but we can fake it pretty well digitally. Yeah, I'd have to probably say digital i really love the fact that i can delete things uh, just undo things and right try a line not work try a line not work and then do it over do it over do it over till i get it right so i love how fast it is if i wasn't working digital i wouldn't be able to work with the clients i work with you know because i have to submit things and tweak things digitally can you imagine having to like go back into illustration after an art director was like well can we actually just move that person over a couple inches right and doing that traditionally yeah blow you'd have to do the whole thing over again yeah you would basically unless you're doing collage work maybe you can move things around but i'd have to say digital i would definitely be missing traditional though and i'd probably be thinking about it all the time yeah because i still have to do that now it's like i have to touch stuff i have to push paint around i have to drag a pencil across paper because it's just an itch you know do you think if you didn't have to worry about clients changing things like if you were just doing artwork for yourself just because you loved working on art do you think you'd still pick digital i think so the analogy i i use is i, I feel like my ideas build up like a dam in my brain and the dam only lets out so much water at a time right and that dam keeps filling up and filling up and filling up and I, I just can't keep up with the ideas that are filling up if i were to only work traditional i wouldn't be able to get out enough work i wouldn't be able to get out enough ideas yeah just the sheer speed is probably the biggest benefit and why i would choose digital yeah i kind of had a feeling you were going to pick that but you also do a lot of animation mm -hmm. and you enjoy that and so you wouldn't you'd have to do like flip books if you did it right traditionally right i'm gonna go traditional just because i work more traditionally normally anyway but i would definitely miss my ipad a lot right because i sometimes will like lay out ideas on there i've always have got a bunch of different things going on in my procreate and so to miss out on that would be a bummer. If you could live off of just selling originals, would you rather do that rather than make prints? Yeah. In my mind, though, like even if I work traditionally, I can still sell prints of it. Oh, okay. Yes. I can scan them and then sell prints. I don't think that's technically work. That you're still working traditionally. Yeah. So if I couldn't do that, though, then yeah, maybe I don't know. I, maybe I would switch to digital. Right. It's not like you're re-manipulating. Right. As long as I'm not re-manipulating anything once I scan it, then I think that would count as working traditionally. Right. But man, that's a tough one because I, you, I think almost all artists nowadays use digital to some extent. Yeah. So you just have to give that up. I'd have to give it up and figure out a different way. 
right. to do the things that I do digitally. Yeah, there's just so many new tools that are coming out that really do feel pretty close to the real thing. And they yeah. look pretty close to the real thing. And it's getting really, really impressive. And I imagine it's only going to get better and better, too. And I'm kind of thinking, too, even with uh, 3D printing and stuff, we might be able to start having better more natural 3D brushes and be able to 2D paint it, you know, with some depth as if there were brush strokes and real paint. So I think we yeah. could be able to mimic it better and better, but it'll never be the same. That'd be really crazy if you get to the point where you can paint something digitally, but it has actual brush strokes and you can build up so that when you do print it on like a canvas, it looks just like a painting. Yeah. That would be crazy. actually has a texture and stuff. I imagine we're not that far away from that. Man, that's crazy. I What I do like about traditional that I would miss, though, is just sometimes you just make an accident and it turns out really cool or right. And you kind of lose that with digital. It's hard to do that. Yeah, I think that those are like the key aha moments, too, that happen, too. When you're working traditionally, you have these accidents and you have to roll with it. But sometimes opens a whole nother area of expertise or a new style or right those are the fun moments in the studio for sure yeah i think that's why the would you rather game is so fun because it's like both of the choices usually have positives and drawbacks and you have to kind of weigh them out and that's why i bet a lot of these we're going to have different answers yeah what i really like about digital too i guess you could do this with a lot of traditional as much as i like having a studio i also like having a mobile studio mm -hmm. and just having an ipad alone is most of the time all i ever need for my mobile studio right that's as small as i can get and as mobile as i can get I think that's probably as mobile as you could get, period, with as little fuss about it. Sure, a sketchbook is probably the next best thing, but you can't do everything. Yeah, you can bring a pencil or you can a bring little watercolors or you yeah. can bring no, I know what you mean. markers, you know. So but yeah, working with like an I think that's, that's another like huge plus, I think, is mobility. Yeah, because in Procreate, you've got all those tools at your disposal. Like if you were to try to replicate that with a sketchbook, you'd have to have a box full of tools everywhere you went. Right. With some watercolor and different crayons and stuff, it just wouldn't be feasible. All right, next one. Would you rather sell a painting for $10 million, but you can never make art again oh. or keep doing what you're doing now and you get a set salary of 60k a year <laughs> so you would actually probably never make 10 million at that rate right no you wouldn't but you'd have a salary that was reasonable you could survive off but it. you might be able to invest it in a way where you could get closer right you could definitely do what you wanted with the money and invest it but the 10 million is right then you can figure out things buy a house set yourself up but you can't make visual art anymore you could still be creative you could do like make music or find some other way i'd have to do the 60k yeah i'd have to and i'll say like the 60k in this scenario it goes up with inflation right okay so in 10 years from cost now cost of living kind of stuff. right let's pretend it actually goes up so that it's 60k in today's dollars yeah yeah it'd have to be 60k i could live a happy life at 60k and I'm happiest when I'm making and creating. So like, then you're putting a value on your happiness. And is $10 million worth my happiness? No, no. Would I have a number? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't think there is a number that could sway me to never visually creating again. Yeah. No, I think life's too short. It's definitely not 10 million though. Definitely not 10 million. Definitely not. What about you? I think I would do it because I really enjoy playing piano and making music. And so I would invest in guitar lessons and a nice recording studio so that I could really just switch my focus into that. Just career change. Yeah. 
That's exciting. And it wouldn't be like a career, probably. I'd probably never even make money at it. It would be just a hobby. So at least I'd have something really creative to do. Yeah. And so I think that that's what I would do. Do you find yourself missing or not having enough time to do music-related stuff? Yeah, I don't even have like a keyboard or a piano in my house right now. We don't have a ton of room, but I miss that for sure. And so it would be cool to be able to have that. I probably miss drawing, though, after a while for sure. I'd be okay for a while, though. You should bring a keyboard to my studio and just... (laughs) use that as your as your getaway yeah i've always wanted to learn guitar and i've tried it a little bit but i just was never that great at it but i'd have more time to actually devote to it yeah but i think if it was like 1 million i definitely wouldn't do it 10 million is enough okay i can live off of this yeah that would be too low for sure with 10 million you could actually get a nice house you could build a recording studio in the house (laughs) and i could have fun it would be hard not to be able to do any visual art for sure Yeah. Do you think you would do anything else on the side to make an income? Or you wouldn't even worry about it? I would focus really heavily on the music. And then if that made an income, great. And if not, that's okay too. It's even harder to make money on music than it is with visual art. I'd say so, yeah. So I wouldn't count on making money, that's for sure. Yeah, I feel like all the money is really in the actual performance of it and merch. And so you wouldn't even be able to make your own merch. (laughs) But I guess you could art direct it and that's kind of... That's, yeah, that's fulfilling too. Yeah, but it's not as fulfilling. Right. I know what you mean. That'd be tough, man. Yeah, I'd still pick it though. I would just do it. I'd take the 10 mil and I would switch to doing music. Fascinating. Would making movies, would that be considered visual? I guess it would. So you couldn't do that. Uh, I don't know. Because that I, would be a... F- I would say that would be fine. I think it's different. Different enough. I think it's different enough. Because that might be another fun thing too. Like writing and creating movies would be something really fulfilling and satisfying that's creative. Yeah. So... I don't know, but 10 million isn't going to get stretched very far if you're putting it towards trying to make movies. Right. Budgets on those things are insane. Yeah. So anyway, that's... That was a good one. Interesting. So far, we haven't picked the same one on either of these. Yeah, that's that's funny. Speaking of music, here's the next one. Never listen to music while creating. You're never allowed to listen to any music while you're drawing or anything. I don't know how often you do that anyway. Or you have to listen to music while you're drawing, but you only have 25 songs that are on shuffle. <laughs> the same 25 always. <laughs> always? Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely no music while drawing. That would be my choice between the two. Oh, I would too. I, I agree with you on that one because you're going to hear the same songs multiple times a day. Yeah. It says you have to listen to it while you're drawing, so. There's a lot of times, even when music is on and I'm in the zone drawing, I can't hear it. There's some times where I just kind of block everything out and I'm in this whole new world and bubble. I can't hear people talking to me. I can't can't hear what's what's playing. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like you can still listen to music when you're not creating. It's just while you're drawing. Yeah. So I think that one's actually a pretty easy one. That was an easy one. Yeah. Because 25 songs would get really pretty old pretty quick. And that would distract me. Yeah, sometimes sounds, music distract me if they're not fitting my vibe. (laughs) It'd be interesting though. Because you would get to pick the 25, so I'd have to really sit there and think about which songs I'd want to put in there. And say, so what, pick the 25 every day, every day you sat down, or just 25, period, for the rest of your period, life? Period, for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes, no way. <laughs> it's like, do you want to pick 25 songs that you love? Because you're probably going to end up hating them. Right. <laughs> You're probably better off just picking 25 that don't bother you, really. Right. That's just like background elevator noise, you know? Yeah. I think that's the best way to go. I'd probably do like nature sounds. (laughs) Some songs, too, are really long. So if you pick those, you'd at least have variety. You know what I mean? Because like if you had 25 songs that were all like an hour long, 
Right. In one day, you'd only hear three of them. So the next day, you'd hear three different ones. So at least you'd, it would be spread out over more time, I guess. Right. Just full on orchestra concerts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went to a Celtics game with a guy I used to work with. And it's about a two hour drive from where we live to Boston. And I didn't know what type of music he listened to, but we got in the car. And this was back when, like, you had books of CDs in your car. Oh, yeah. And he was like, why don't we do, like, I'll pick three songs, then you pick three. So we'll each get to listen to music we like. And I was like, sure. And I didn't realize he listened to Fish. These songs are like 25, 30 minutes long that he was playing. And then I'd have 15 minutes. So I'm sure he did that on purpose. But <laughs> I just, and I hate Fish so much. So it was like the worst drive ever. <laughs> And I was trying to pick like the longest songs I had after that, but I didn't even have that many. <laughs> it's weird to think though that you had to bring like books of CDs in your car. Yeah, that's And funny. like flip through them. When I was moving, I just found all my old book of CDs and, uh, and I was thumbing through them. Yeah, they're, they're old, bad. <laughs> Do you even play them anymore? No. no. I was collecting dust. Yeah. And I can't even bring them to Bull Moose like to sell them again because I don't have the covers you know i just put them in a binder yeah and so they're useless yeah that's what most people do they put them in those big folding vinyl books and then if they get rid of the covers you can't do anything although bull moose is going to give you like hardly anything for them yeah i would bring in like a box of cds like a 100 cds and they give me like seven dollars or something (laughs) it was like not even worth going there with them yeah next one all right this is an interesting one so would you rather they know your name when they hear your name, they're like, oh, yeah, I know that famous artist. But they couldn't pick any of your work out of a lineup. I could think of artists that are like that. I know Sargent. He's like a pretty famous painter. But I don't think if I saw his work, I'd be able to say like, yeah, that's his. Hmm. And there's other painters that I can think. So would you rather that be you? Or you have one famous piece that everybody knows that piece. Everyone's seen it, but they don't know your name. They don't know you did it. Ooh, like a Mona Lisa type of thing? Something like that. But nobody knows who did it. Because even the Mona Lisa, I'd say a decent amount of people could name the artist. It's a tough one. Do you want me to go first on this one? Yeah, you go first on this one. I would pick the piece of art. Everyone knows my piece of art. Because then when I meet someone and I tell them I'm an artist, then I can tell them like, this thing that you've seen, then they'd say, oh yeah, yeah. And then I could be like, yeah, I did that. So then they're connecting it. That's interesting. Because I was thinking the same thing with the other one. Yeah, you'd say your name and they'd be like, oh yeah, you're that artist. Oh yeah, I know that name. Yeah, now it's like, oh, yeah, I'll buy something. Yeah. Because I recognize that name. (laughs) That's interesting. They're both such weird ones, but there's definitely scenarios where that's true with people. Like, there's famous album covers and things like that that I love, but I don't know the artists who did it. Right. And there's other things, too, like graphic design things or logos that you've seen thousands of times, and you don't know who created them. Right. There's tons of band names that I know are band names, but I can't put 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 a song to the name, but I know the song. I just can't put them together in my head. Yeah. Jeez, that's tricky. I think I would go with the name. And I think it would be mainly because of networking. And I feel like how that's really important to one, know the name. Now you're searchable. Now they can find your, your work at least because everyone knows who you are and knows what you do. And so you'd at least get to a list, you know, you at least get right. to some running list in people's heads. So, yeah, I think I would do that. I'd definitely do the, the name. Name. Yeah. Yeah. These, this one is a weird one and I could see going either way with it and picking either of them. And I think they both have their pros and cons, but like, I think both of them would work for me. Because I think you'd need the image in order to reverse image search. Right. And yeah. so like, yeah, you know the image, but you're trying to describe the image. Now you're trying to find the image based on a description. That gets trickier. 
But if you just knew a name, you could just type it in. Yeah, I think it also would depend on the piece of art. If it was just the McDonald's Golden Arches or something that's like their logo or their piece of art, it's technically art because someone created it, but it's nothing like you'd be that proud of. Right. You know the Golden Arches? I made those. Like People aren't going to be like, oh, you're a great artist. Right. So I think it would depend on the art itself, what it was. If it was like the Statue of Liberty, that's different, I guess. It's like a huge monument. It's actually a piece of art. That's different. I mean, McDonald's arches are everywhere, but it's just something I wouldn't be that proud of. Right. Just because, like, who cares? Because really? you would think anyone could do it. Or like... Well, that's it. It's just like an M that's yellow, basically. <laughs> so it, it really just depends. McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting one. Let's see, the next one is, okay, so would you rather be like a totally unknown artist or, but you still are a working artist? Or you're as well-known as someone like Shepard Fairey, but you're mainly well-known because of something like him, where you got accused of copyright infringement, and it became like this huge case. But you're now a well-known artist. Everybody knows who you are, but it's because of something negative like that. I don't like the idea of being well-known for a negative reason. Yeah. He makes a lot of money because of it. <laughs> well, he makes a lot of money, but he also has like that obey clothing line. Mm -hmm. And so he does have positive things to him, too. And a lot of people do like his art. It's just he got well-known because of the... That's how I knew him. And what he did, it's not like what he did was that negative. Right. In the grand scheme of things. So Once you become well-known, you can use that to make really good art. Right. But by me answering it that way, I'm kind of contradicting my previous thought with the previous question. So now I'm kind of eating my own foot, huh? Yeah, that's tricky. I guess it depends how negative... <laughs> let's say it's that one that exact that scenario one. it wasn't even that big of a deal like he just made and a i don't even think it was like that intentional and i i feel like what he did was he changed it enough he i think he did change it if it's the thing i do too so i think like probably half the population would probably be see it your way and the other half would see it the photographer's way it's not like you'd be hated you would just yeah. be like some people wouldn't think you did something wrong and some would. Right. And then at least people know you. You can redeem yourself. You could start a clothing line. Yeah. It's like, yeah, totally. I, I think I'd, yeah, I switch my answer back to, to that. You should just start infringing everyone's copyright then it's until something like that yeah. happens. <laughs> right. I should. Right. Try to get some big brands to attack me. <laughs> now I'm thinking of that girl that we talked about that just got in trouble for using people of color's images in her work without permission, like, I wouldn't want that to be something I got in trouble for, for sure. I wouldn't mind attacking the big brands and copywriting, right. doing that and trying to do it that way, because then you're punching up. You never want to punch down. Right. Punching up is fine, in my opinion. <laughs> well, that's how you're going to become known, too, is if you are infringing someone's copyright that people have heard of, because then they'll take you to court and it will become like a news story. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd probably do that, too. I don't look at Shepard Fairey as like some hacker or whatever. I think he's like an artist and some of his art's good and right. whatever. If you get away with like a serious defamation lawsuit with a brand that you don't like or who really relies heavily on like sweatshop labor and stuff like that, I think that's like, I think that's a good negative. That's a, that's powerful. Yeah, that's true. So it really just depends. All right, next one. Would you rather be competent in all mediums? Or like an absolute master at just one medium and you kind of stink at everything else. Competent and all it's by far, yeah. hands down what I would choose. I've had this argument with a lot of, I think in college, we talked about it a lot with classmates and, and I would have this argument back and forth. I was always the minority with wanting to be competent at everything rather than masterful at one. I just think it's being more rounded 
gives you more opportunity. Yeah. But mastering one thing also gives you tons of opportunity too. Yeah. Now you're the guy for that and you found your niche. Yeah. And so now you could put a huge price tag on that niche. Yeah. And so I guess I keep eating my words as I keep talking, right? <laughs> well, but that's why these are fun. So it's like, I guess if it was a magic wand scenario, maybe being the masterful at one would be nice. But realistically, putting all your eggs in one basket, I think is risky. What if you, instead of saying you're a master at one, it changes from you're the best in the world at that one medium? Well, then yeah. You have to pick that, right? Because have to pick that. Yeah, because you're going to get tons of work. Like essentially. Or and you could pick the medium. I yeah. love working in mixed media, so that'd be tough for me because it gives you more opportunity to experiment. Whereas if you only worked in watercolor or, you know, whatever medium you decide to choose, like I feel like it's harder to experiment when you're stuck in that one. But True. Right. What media would you choose if you chose that? I feel like if I had to choose that, I would probably pick a medium that I stink at right now. I would pick a medium like oil paint or even just painting, because I'm not great so with So that you could still be as good as you are with those other things? Well, no, not even. Even if I couldn't, if I stunk at everything else, like I would love to be great at oil painting because it's something I can't do. So I always want to do the things I can't do. So that would be really cool. And you can sell oil paintings for a lot of money. Yeah. If you're the best oil painter in the world, I mean, so. I'd probably switch to large clay sculpture to have bronzed, mm. you know, so I wouldn't want to do the bronzing, but I'd send it out. And I'd send it out to do the bronze. But I'd love to just do that all day, every day. You wouldn't pick like crocheting? Hell like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Unless I was like magically fast at it. <laughs> that would be like no, the, one I of the don't. worst things to pick. Sewing or, I mean, it's yeah. okay, but well, what can you really do even if you're a master? Right. Make a real good quilt. Yeah. I kind of think that if you're going to be the best in the world at something, you have to go that way. I think so. Just a master, maybe not, because there could be still be a lot of people that are better than you, but if you have the opportunity to be the best in the world at something. I heard someone say, like, everybody in the world could break a Guinness World Record. They just don't know which one it is that they can break. Right. It might not even been invented yet or haven't even tried yet. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of really stupid world records. Like, the reason you don't know you could break it is because you just never even tried it. Yeah, it's too obscure. Right. There's some really stupid world records out there. And so maybe there is something that you're already really good at and you just don't even know it. I used to look through the Guinness book when I was a kid and trying to find one that I thought maybe I'd have a chance of breaking if I tried really hard. Yeah. So I remember some of the really obscure ones. I'd be like, who would even think this? And I always saw the person with the really long fingernails. Yeah. And I thought like, why would you do that? Your life's got to be miserable. You can't open a soda. You can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> that would be one yeah. of the worst. You just haven't found the thing you're the best at in the entire world. I guess everyone has that. You just have to find it. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably true though. I know for a fact that it's true that I always know that everybody that I talk to or meet is better than me at something. At something. Yeah. Right. And that keeps you humble when you know that because they are. And they're probably better than you at multiple things. Right. So I always try to keep that in mind. Here's the next one. You have a studio camera or a bunch of studio cameras in your studio that are filming you 24-7. Okay. And it's being fed to a live stream where tons of people are watching. It's like a Truman Show scenario. Would you rather be aware of it or be oblivious to the fact that that's happening? <laughs> definitely aware you'd want to know yeah <laughs> i'd try to be better about picking a wedgie or <laughs> you know 
but people are watching yeah. you draw, so that's like a little bit of added pressure every time. Yeah, I think it gets easier and easier, though. The more you just get used to it. The more you do it, you just get used to it, and you start to stop caring. And so, yeah, it's always in the back of your mind, but... Yeah. But if you're oblivious and you never find out about it, then who really even cares? I mean, I know it stinks like you're doing things that are stupid, and but everyone does that. Everyone does things that are like silly. If someone saw you doing it, they would laugh. But I don't know. I feel like I'd rather just be oblivious to it. With the Truman Show, like once he found out what was going on, it was like miserable. I think I'd have a hard time like that too if I found out. Of course, his whole life was like a setup and that's a lot different than what this scenario, but it's still, it's just, it's just a weird scenario. And I think I'd pick Oblivious just because I'd rather just not know that there was people watching me all the time. No, I think, I think I'd want to know. And I'd probably want to know how many people and how, to, how do I get more people or how do I, <laughs> how do I get less people? But you're not getting paid for it, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Uh, I know if you're going to get paid for it, then you'd have to be aware of it because you'd be like, where are these checks coming from? If you were oblivious, you'd be getting random checks all the time. All right. What's the next one? Here's the good one. Would you rather come up with a brand new style of art that nobody's ever seen before, which is hard to do, obviously, or a new twist on a style that you love, a twist that nobody's ever seen? Like, I'm surprised nobody's ever done that before with that stuff. You know what I mean? Brand new. I don't even know if that's possible. It's really hard to think about right now because there's so many things that have already been done. Yeah, I can only imagine it being a twist off of something. And even if it's not intentional. Yeah, I think. But I think in order for it to be a totally unique style, it would have to be something where people weren't, oh, that kind of reminds me of this person's art. As soon as they say that, then it's not really a brand new style. It has to be something that people are just like, this doesn't look like anything I've ever seen. Right. Yeah, I'd choose that. I think I would too, just because it's so hard to do. It's shocking. I mean, you don't see it anymore. Back 100 years ago, people were coming up with things that hadn't been seen, like cubism. and But nowadays, even new things, like they're just twists on old things. You're just not seeing things that are like that crazy. Right, right. I, I can't even imagine what it would even look like. I guess that's what's the hard part. Yeah. We won't until we see it. <laughs> right. I think the first person um, that put a urinal in a, a museum and called it art an exhibit like that is new nobody (laughs) had done something like that before so i guess even in the past 50 years people have still come up with things that are totally new but it's just getting harder and you know the more time goes on the harder it gets but would you even call that a style i guess that's not really a style but it's a type of art that nobody had seen before yeah sure it's new yeah yeah i guess yeah that's a tough question i guess that's not a style it's just like a type of art but even that would be hard to do at this point people have just seen everything right so interesting yeah, I guess when you're thinking about illustration and keeping it in within that world, it would be basically impossible to come up with something new. It'd have to be new with new tools or new technology. Right, right. right. And like what you can do with that. That's true. That could still happen. That could still happen, yeah. We're so brand new in a lot of the technologies, so there's going to be things that come out that are going to be crazy. I'm doing a virtual exhibit. I was you contacted are. by someone who does virtual exhibits, and they're going to do like... Yeah, virtual exhibit. It's going to be just a gallery with my work and you put on like a headset or you can use your augmented reality on a phone, I think, too, and like tour the gallery. Weird. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it's set up because he's doing the the guy that runs it is doing that work. But I'll have a limited edition special print that's just for that show. It's cool. It's something that I didn't really think I'd do, but he reached out. So I was like, yeah, I'd love to try something like that. That's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I never heard of anything like that being done. So I'll let you know when it comes out. And I'll obviously talk about it on the podcast because it's an interesting thing. Maybe we can talk about it a little more once I find out more about it too. I think it, because of 
the way my work is, it's two-dimensional work. So it's going to be like hung on virtual reality walls. But for a sculptor, that would be really crazy. Imagine it being like a virtual tour of a house. You right. know how they have those now. Yeah. It's like you hop from spot to spot, but then you can look around mm -hmm. a full 360 and you get a full feel for the space. Yeah, It's probably going to be similar to that. And then like sculptures might be just digital 3D sculptures. Yeah. Or I've done like sculpting in my Oculus Quest VR headset. I've done like the sculpting app or game and it's fun, but it would be cool to like sculpt something in real life and then somehow transition it into like the VR world so people could see it. Yeah. This is what he's doing. He's taking like real art that I've created outside of VR and bringing it in. So that's why it's going to be interesting to see how he does it. Yeah, that's cool. So next one. All right, here's a good one. This is kind of like one of the other ones, but I think it's interesting. All right. You've seen America's Got Talent, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say Simon Cowell comes out with a new show. It's just like America's Got Talent, but it's for artists. So America's Got Art Talent, I guess. Would you rather be the winner of the first season or... You're offered a job as a judge. So the winner of the first season, you get a million dollars, or you're offered a job as a judge on that show for 10 years, $5 million contract, but you can't do art for those 10 years. You can only judge Ooh. art. Ooh, I love judging art. I feel like I would pick that one because it's only 10 years. It's great money and it's great exposure. It's still creative. I love ripping into art. I love critiques. Yeah. I would want to be like the Simon Cowell judge too, where I was just like brutal. Yeah. And like I'm sure you'll come up with ideas and you just, you know, make that list and get cracking at it after the fact. But yeah. that would be huge. And you'd get a much bigger name for yourself by doing that too. Right. All the art that you've created up until this point, people are going to be able to look you up online and be like, who's this judge guy? I've never even heard of him. And he's obviously an artist if he's judging art and they'll look you up. And so you might sell a bunch of your work while you're also a judge on the show. Like you don't remember all the American Idol contestants or winners. Right. But the judge. But you remember the judges. Right. Yeah. So that's why I think the judge way is the way to go. Yeah. And judging art is fun and you're still in the art world. And you still have to think critically. And Yeah. I think that's, I think I would do that. Yeah. Bite the bullet for five years. Plus well, 10 years, but still. Oh, 10 years for five. Five million. 10 years for five mil. So half a million a year. Yeah. I would still. It's still really good money. So great, yeah. And you'd make a lot more money selling your prints of your art while you're on, and then afterwards you'd make good money. Right, have to pick up something to do on the side, writing. I, guess. I think that that's a interesting one, but I think you have to go with a judge on that. Yeah, I think I'd go with Judging that. art is fun. You gotta go with that. Also, like, you could do an art version of The Voice, where, you know, how they don't see who's singing, they could just see your art and judge you based just on your art, and then the artist comes out after, too, which would be good, you know. Which would be better. Art is actually judged that way usually anyway, because oftentimes when you see art, the artist isn't there when you're looking at it. Right. And so, whereas singing is different. I think it should always be judged that way, at first, at least, yeah. I used to like the voice, but I kind of got tired of the premise. But at first, I liked it. Yeah. Whatever. Too many of those competition shows. Yeah. And let's see. I only have one more. And this one, I actually came up with this one. And it's because we both work as artists, but we have different types of careers in a way. Like you do more commission work and work with clients more than I do. And I do some of that, but I sell prints more. And so we just have a little bit of a different way that we create money. So I wanted to ask you, would you rather sell enough prints and merchandise so that you don't have to take on any commissions if you don't want to, but you have to spend 30 hours a week packaging and shipping things you know you don't have that much time left to create but you're selling a lot of your art or 
you don't sell enough prints and merch. You have to take on a lot of commission work. Mm. So the other way, you can create the art you want and people are buying your prints, but you're spending like 30 hours a week is a lot of time to spend shipping and printing things. It is a ton. And at that point, I guess this isn't part of the rules, but if realistically, I would want that. But then I would hire that out. Like I would have someone help me with that. I know. Not in this scenario. Well, I'll tell you. In this scenario, I would say I'm going to supplement my personal work with commercial yeah. work because the monotony of shipping and packaging, I can't stand. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I know during. I can't stand the repetitiveness of it. Yeah. During the holidays, usually the end of November, beginning of December, through December, I spend about 30 hours a week shipping and it's awful. And I always thankful that help for no, that? I just do it myself because it's only a few weeks. If it was all year, I would definitely get help. But it's usually just a few weeks where I'm busy enough where it takes me quite a bit of time to do it. But if that was like a full time thing, I would definitely hire that out because it's miserable. Although this year it's gonna be a little different because I found that paper that you showed me that's the actual size that I'm printing because yeah. I was cutting my prints, and so every print I sold, I had to cut four sides, and that takes a long time. And now I don't have to. I still have to cut one side because they're a little bit longer, but that's a lot easier than cutting four sides. And so yeah. that's going to save me time. So why wouldn't you hire someone for just a couple of weeks? I don't know, it's hard to find someone that just wants to work a few weeks. A student wouldn't want to do that? Here's the problem. I have to kind of be there because I have to sign the prints and it's just easier to do myself. If it was literally something I had to do all the time, I would definitely hire someone, but it's just three to four weeks. And so I just suck it up and do it. You save that money too. Well, that's the thing too. Like oftentimes I use the money I make at the holiday time as my tax money for the next year. Mm -hmm. I know whatever I make, I'll probably end up spending it on taxes. So I kind of need that money. And so I don't want to give it away to someone else. I don't know. It's shipping and packing is really not fun. You don't become an artist to do that. You become an artist to make art. But as yeah. we've talked about on this podcast so many times, when you do become an artist, you realize it's a lot more of other things than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Emails and everything. So much communication. Yeah. So much communication for a career that supposedly has zero. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. It sometimes feel like it's all you're doing. That was my art world. Would you rathers? Did you happen to come up with any or think of any while we were doing this? I want to remember if I could put it together. If you don't have any, I do have a list of a bunch of would-you-rathers that are silly and not are related, but we could just do one or two of them just for the fun of it to end. But if you have one, we'll do that too. We could do the silly ones. Let's go for all it. right. None of them, all of them are silly. They're just different. Would you rather be able to know everyone's future but your own or know your future? I guess everyone else's future. Yeah, I think I would go that way too. You don't want to know when you're going to die. Ruins all the fun, right? Yeah. Although you're going to know when you're girlfriend or your wife dies and you're going to know all that mm -hmm. so that's kind of rough too then you could actually live and enjoy the moments rather than yeah i'd rather everyone else know yeah it. i think that's what i would choose too just because i think when i die is the main one i wouldn't want to know yeah yeah definitely not especially if you found out you were going to die really young like that yeah. would really stink yeah would you rather live without music or without television probably without music oddly. yeah i think i agree with that i think i watch more tv than listen to music yeah I think I agree. I can listen to podcasts and at night I do like to watch a TV show just to kind of relax. Yeah. And if I got that taken away, that'd be tough. So much of TV and movies is also visual research for me. You start to really hone in on color and composition and think a lot about story and narrative. And that always comes back into my art full circle. So I think that's that, that's a important creative fuel for me. Television. Yeah. 
I think I agree. I think not watching TV would be hard. I love music, though, so they both of them would obviously be hard, but I'd probably spend more time watching TV, and yeah. so that'd be tough. And my wife, that's what we do together at night a lot of the times, and so like that. I guess we'd have to find something different to do. Let's see, was there any other ones? I saw a gross one online. It was like, would you rather eat a frozen mayonnaise popsicle or drink a cup of lukewarm ranch dressing? <laughs> Which I thought was gross because I hate both of those things anyway. <laughs> I'd probably do the ranch dressing. Oh, really? I feel like I would do the popsicle. <laughs> Maybe the ice, like the ice would take the flavor out of it a little bit because it's so cold. Uh, well, I, I, can, I like ranch dressing. I could probably do that. A whole cup, though. That's a lot. A whole cup. Like a, a metric cup? I could do Italian dressing, but not ranch. I just don't think I could do it. I think holding on to a, a mayo popsicle would be it'd be too long. Like it wouldn't melt, or the, how fast it would melt. I could drink the ranch cup, <laughs> cup of ranch, a lot faster than eating a mayo popsicle. <laughs> one last silly one. Would you rather get a paper cut between your fingers every time you touch a piece of paper, or bite your tongue every time you eat food? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're both so bad. I touch a lot of paper as an artist. Right, me too. But I eat a lot too, so, oh, they're so bad. And I'm assuming you have, to, it's like you bite your tongue pretty hard. It's not like you can control how hard you're going to bite it. You don't know when it's going to happen. I would have to do the food one. I touch too much paper. Yeah. Paper cuts are miserable, especially right in between your fingers. Yeah. But your tongue would always be like sore. Yeah, but that's a lot quicker recovery. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Unless you kept biting the same spot. <laughs> I would turn into one of those people that did intermittent fasting. So you eat like one big meal a day. Right. And then uh, I'd be okay. I'd only bite my tongue once a day. Yeah. That's not, that's not that bad. Oh. Well, you, if you did only digital art, like you said, then you wouldn't be touching as much paper. So you could choose that one. Anyway, I thought this was kind of a fun game. And the art related ones obviously were interesting. And I think we picked opposite ones on at least half of them. On a lot of them, we picked opposite. Yeah. yeah which was interesting. I didn't think that would happen. Yeah. I imagine it would be a lot more similarities. Yeah, that's what I like about this game is it's like, usually they're pretty even. Both of the options are like good and bad and it takes like actual thought. And some of them you kind of go back and forth between the two because neither of them are the greatest options, but yeah, that's fun. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us today. And I'm sure that the people at home are listening and playing and thinking about how they would decide or how they would go to. So if you have a good reason why one of the ways we messed up on definitely let us know or send us your would you rathers yeah that's a good point your art related ones not not your other ones just your art related ones. yeah <laughs> because if we get enough we could do a whole other podcast of yeah. again like in the future they could be helpful they could be actual questions you're thinking about yeah you know, or options you're thinking about i was thinking because we used to try to do like a news story in the beginning of each podcast but it's hard to find we could just do a different would you rather each time too yeah that's fun so that's another that's thing. easier to think about yeah yeah so let us know you could shoot us an email at thumbnailpodcast at gmail.com yep or at either of our instagrams at fourthouse is mine or at lewis rosing yeah and if you do send us a would you rather we'll do it on the podcast yeah. whether it's a whole episode of them or we'll just put it in the beginning of one of these yeah that sounds fun. cool thanks for joining us bye